0: Dancers have a lot to balance. From their pirouettes to their jumps, a dancer's performance is a direct result of hard work and motivation. So where does food fit into this? There's a lot of myths and a ton of antiquated ideals about what a dancer's diet should look like. And I'm here to dispel those. I'm Rachel Fine registered dietitian nutritionist and founder of to the point nutrition i'm the dance nutritionist and i'm here to tell you that to be a successful dancer you don't have to diet instead i'll teach you how to use food as your best tool to enhance your performance a nourishing meal plan not only fuels your dancing but also enhances your strength improves your balance, supports your flexibility, and most importantly, reduces your risk to injury. Hi. Hi,
1: Rachel. How are you? Hi,
0: Annabelle. How are you? How are you doing?
1: I'm good. Doing well. How are you?
0: I'm good. I'm good. You know, continuing on with quarantine.
1: (laughs) Yes, I know. Who would have thought?
0: Awesome. Well, I'm really happy that you're joining me today.
1: Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. This is a topic that I'm super passionate about personally. Um, Yeah. Nutrition for sure. And food, Mm -hmm. I'm a major foodie. So this is really exciting for me as well.
0: So Annabelle, I really want to hear about your journey to your professional career. A lot of dancers struggle on their journey from the pre-professional track to the professional track. What has been a challenge that you've felt that you've had to overcome? Um, It could be related to food. It could be related to body image, or you could just, you know, anything.
1: Yeah. I mean, for me, it was definitely confidence and like coming into my own, like finding who I am and not comparing myself to other people. Um, I think that as a student, I did that a lot, especially when I was younger. Um, I definitely struggled with some body image stuff um, when I was 14. And that was like when I started to get really serious about dance. Um, I'm actually in my studio right now that I'm in, um, Mm -hmm. in New Jersey. um, And... Yeah. So when I was about 14, I started to restrict my eating and just, Mm -hmm. I don't know, for some reason I thought that it would, you know, make me a better dancer, whatever it was, like change my body just because I was comparing myself a lot. Um, And then I went to Houston Ballet. Um, I trained there in the school for a year and then in the second company for a year. And I think there I started to, that was the first time I had lived on my own. I was 16 and I had to learn that, you know food is fuel, and what I ate really impacted how I'd feel for the entire day, um, mm-hmm. how my rehearsals went, my overall mood, um, and then I joined ABT after a year in Houston Valley, too, and I think that also moving back to New York really showed that, I don't know, I I grew up a lot, um, and I realized that you know a lot of the body image issues that I had been having were actually not really accurate and, you know, I really needed food to fuel my rehearsal days and we have like our long Met season at ABT um, and, you know, rehearsal days can be really long and hard. So I think that I kind of created this really positive relationship with food after coming back to New York. And mm-hmm. also, you know, I go home occasionally, so it's just nice to like enjoy food with family and friends and-
0: Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, yeah, listen, you've touched on so many points already, uh, you know, just the very fact that you, at a young age, were comparing yourself to other dancers in the mirror. I mean, what dancer doesn't do this, especially when they're exactly. 14, 15, like going through that uh, in that student mindset? Because, you know, the mirror is a funny thing. We want to use it to improve our technique and a little bit of comparison, its not comparison, but learning from others and seeing what others can do could definitely help us motivate ourselves to progress in our technique. But then when we take it to the next level and start comparing our body to other bodies, it gets to be very detrimental. But it sounds like you were able also at a young age to realize that that wasn't really getting you anywhere. And I love that you said, I love you that you said that you realized that the thoughts just weren't accurate. and yeah. that's something that that's something that I recently um, was talking about in this body confidence challenge that I just did this past weekend because I feel like we start to have all of these thoughts develop in our head about. What our body looks like what our body should look like and it's not our fault that we have these thoughts because we're coming from not just the dance world i mean our culture in general is obsessed with thinness and changing our body just that whole idea is an obsession in our culture so i think that we're just dancers are more vulnerable to taking those messages and being like well if i don't feel this way something's wrong with me i should be feeling like i should change my body and compare myself to others so it's amazing that you were able to at a young age take that and be like no this is not accurate this is how my body looks this is how my body's supposed to look and I actually need the food to fuel my dancing
1: yes absolutely and I felt like even if like I didn't even at a certain point I stopped looking at my body like in terms of weight and started Mm -hmm. realizing that I had been looking at it in this way for so long um Mm -hmm. and I should actually just look at it like How can I improve my technique? How can I improve my artistry? Because that's what the audience really sees. Just coming into like this environment, ABT is just like the most friendly family environment and Mm -hmm. really like learning how to take care of myself. That was like a big Mm -hmm. step in um, changing that mentality a bit.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, you also were on your own at a very young age, which is something that's very common for dancers who are going off to Mm -hmm. uh, second companies or pre-professional schools, uh, whether you are in the same country or whether you're traveling abroad very difficult to go on your own and have to, you know, really be forced into making these decisions about food and about what you're putting in your body. Also knowing that as a dancer, your body is your instrument. So which kind of leads me to my next question, which is, would you say that it was when you were in Houston or that when you moved to New York and started ABT that you really made the connection that food was actually fueling your performance?
1: So I'd say that like probably when I came back to New York, um, when I was in Houston, I my first year I was pretty still pretty restrictive. I was still young and I lived in like the dorms. Um, and then my second year, I just kind of was done with like thinking about food, and I was like I found this food freedom. Um, mm-hmm. But I wasn't. I mean, Houston Ballet was really really an intense program. The second company was intense. But I feel like I really learned a lot more when I came back to New York. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, being closer to family and also like having all these amazing restaurants and um, I learned how to cook really well. So I think that also really helped me um, just like finding what works for me, too, um, and realizing that like I like seeing this direct correlation, right? Like what I eat like in the Mm -hmm. morning sets me up for my classes, um, and I hadn't really thought about that before. I was really just, like, counting calories or trying to, like, eat as healthy or clean as possible. Yeah. So I feel like I found more of a balance when I came back to New York.
0: Yeah, I can very much relate to that because when I was dancing full-time and restricting myself, I was on, um, living on Long Island at the time. And it wasn't until I actually started commuting and dancing and then living in the city that my relationship with food changed because there were so many more options presented to me, and I was also on my own for the first time. I remember Crumb's Bakery.
1: Do you remember Crumb's? Oh, so good.
0: (laughs) I remember, but at that time, I also started studying, so I was also at NYU, and I just remember being like, oh, my God, I have to figure out how I can find freedom, exactly the word that you said, because there's just way too much Many good options out there, and restricting myself from them is just—it's not fun. I kind of realized that I I actually loved food.
1: Yes, that—that was like the turning point for me. In Houston, I was kind of like, I know that I this is unhealthy mindset, and I need to change this. But in New York, I was like, I love eating out. (laughs) I love food. I love cooking, and Mm -hmm. you know, it became my passion in a way. And so Mm -hmm. that kind of like transformed for me. And I think that that helped with the body image. Like I started to realize that it has nothing to do with food, really. It's just Mm -hmm. your mentality. And a lot of how your body looks um, is just, you know, genetics, and it's not going to change based on what you eat for the most part.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. You know, one major misconception for all the dancers that are listening is that we can change how our body looks. And I will say that restricting and counting calories or viewing food as um, you said before oh as clean like you have to eat 100 percent clean or this amount of calories every day your body will change but it will change temporarily and then right. it's going to backfire and that's what dieting and that's what restrictive eating does so if you're able to nip that in the bud early and realize that if you have this obsession with healthy eating or eating clean or wanting to know the amount of calories, trying to turn that obsession into actually coming to terms with the fact that you like food and you enjoy food. And I think similar to exactly what you're saying, that was a turning point for me personally.
1: Great. And also coming to terms with the fact that, you know, at that age, your body does change and you become a woman. And I know Mm -hmm. that it can be scary, but it happens to everyone. And Mm -hmm. even dancers, like even it's it's a lot of it is in your head, you know. Your body's changing, and you feel completely different. But it's a good thing, and yeah. I know that's yeah. really, really hard to, you know, acknowledge. And it, it did take me some time to just, you know, you're mm-hmm. becoming a woman, or you know, a young man, or whatever it is, and you know, it's definitely, absolutely. it's different. But
0: absolutely, and and to just be patient with your body and let it change because. From the dancer mindset, you know, if someone's listening and they're thinking like, oh, but if I gain weight, that's bad, that's bad for my performance. But actually, no, that means that you're allowing your body to gain muscle, which is the only way that you're going to get through a three-hour performance of Swan Lake.
1: Right. Right? Yes, definitely. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Swan Lake Week is always like, (laughs) got to eat so much more. (laughs) There's a lot of bananas in that dressing room. (laughs) And a lot of of Levain cookies too, you know, at the end of the 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 week, we all reward ourselves after the last show, you know. So, yeah.
0: So, I do want to ask you about how you usually do fuel your body. But just before I get to that, because we are in such a different time now, and because you didn't have your MET season this summer – how are you staying motivated while not being in the studio and while being at home?
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it's super hard. Um, we've been just, I've just been trying to like maintain some sense of routine. Um, still I've honestly been eating very similarly to how I usually do just because that's what feels best for my body, whether or not I'm intense, working intensely or not. Um, but I try and keep like, you know, pretty active. I try and do at least something every day, maybe not like crazy. Um, whether it's going for a walk or doing a little bit of yoga. Um, I've been trying to read more and finishing mm-hmm. my degree, so that's good. Oh, you know, awesome. so it can be great to like have time to yeah. you know find other things that you truly enjoy. Um, mm-hmm. And cooking a lot. We've been cooking a lot.
0: <laughs> that's great. Yeah. So just keeping busy with other activities, and it sounds like you're not putting too much pressure on yourself to maintain what you had or, the, or where you were back in February, maybe when you were still in the studio, I think dancers are struggling right now because they're probably like the, the one benefit of COVID is that dancers aren't comparing themselves to other dancers in the mirror because they're dancing at home, but they're comparing themselves to where they were five or six months ago. And I think it's important for dancers to hear that, you are likely not going to be be at the same uh level that you might have been in february definitely
1: i i like to say so first of all i think that you know it's important to cut yourself a break right now because we're not in the same conditions like we don't have studios we're not rehearsing for however many hours a day and having tons of classes so if you don't have the same ingredients you can't make the same product but once those ingredients come back you're going to be the same dancer and a lot of Improving and what dancers think of as improving is really just like being in good ballet shape and you know like taking classes every day and like your muscles start to feel like really like good and you know in the right position or whatever yeah. it is, but actually like now's an interesting time to think about how you could really improve your artistry and technique, something that you know is harder to improve mm-hmm. um, a lot of the like we think that we're really you know when we're really in shape,'re like, oh, I'm at the peak of my you know, but actually it it's interesting to think you know, maybe it's just because I've been dancing a lot. So I'm Mm -hmm. just my body's used to it. Mm -hmm. Um, So now it's just, it's really like a lot of it is thinking about, you know, the dancer you want to be. And when you come back, like what to work on and the little things you can work on now. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, And and also to kind of tie in to what you were saying before about how you stay motivated during this time. I think that we can use this time to start finding other activities that interest us. And then that in itself plays a role in the depth of what you can perform as a dancer. You know, for dancers who obviously it's so easy for us to be so hyper-focused on our technique and improving pirouettes and puentes and all the technical aspects of class. Um, But if you really start adding depth to your life and you start reading and you start adventuring into other types of activities, I think that really can uh, benefit a dancer's performance and, like you said, their artistry.
1: Definitely. I feel like even just reading books and watching, you know, all the streaming, all the, you know, the, the streaming ballets that are on right Mm -hmm. now, they're, they're really inspirational. And Mm -hmm. I think that you can learn a lot just by watching. Um, and even though we can't be in this, you know, studios watching my colleagues, it's still, Mm -hmm. it's, it's great to see other companies right now. And, you know, maybe even watch on zoom, trying not to compare, but Yeah, yeah, sure.
0: Sure. You could definitely learn a lot. Does ABT have a plan yet in place for going back?
1: Um, not yet. Everything's still so up in the air, so yeah. we're not New sure. New York but... is,
0: still, is definitely still up in the air, I think, for everyone.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so our fall season is canceled, but we'll see. Yeah. Hopefully we'll get back yeah. soon. <laughs>
0: yeah, you will get back. You know, it's, 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 the worst about, about this is that it's so unknown, but at the yes. same time, to a certain level, to a certain degree, it's going to be a temporary situation.
1: Right, right. And I mean, I think that is hard, you know, especially now, like, I feel like dancers are usually pretty, you know, type A and like want to control situations, which is probably also like something to be said for like how we eat and, you know, our food intake and stuff. But yeah, I mean, it's scary to not know, you know, what is going to come out of this and how we're going to be and how we're going to feel. But, you know, if you just sit in it and take a breather, I feel like that's been helping me at least, you know, just taking a breath and realizing that, you know, we're okay for now.
0: Yeah. For me, I'm, I'm a type A perfectionist also, and I think that COVID has just been the ultimate test of the fact that life can't always go as planned, and you have to have other routes and plan Bs in place um, to just pick up at any time. Yes. So again, like getting away from that idea of having to be so hyper focused on your technique, because many dancers, they might not have the room, they might be doing a bar in a three foot by three foot space. Um, And doing what they can with that, right? Yeah. Um, And not being so obsessed with perhaps getting to where they might have been before uh, COVID happened.
1: Yeah, and not getting discouraged because Mm -hmm. that's, that's like I was saying, I was talking about confidence, but that is the most important thing, just to, like, realize that we're doing this because we love it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's, it's the joy of dancing. It's not necessarily about getting to that place, and especially right now. So it's interesting Mm -hmm. to just tap into that and, you know just enjoy the time, even dancing in your kitchens. It can be fun.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. So talk to me a little bit about how you are feeling your body. I'd love for you to walk us through a day. This could be a COVID day, or this could be if you were in your MET season, you can choose or you can do both.
1: Yeah. Okay. So I'll give like a, maybe like a MET season, like my normal routine. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll wake up and usually um, for breakfast, I'll have like Um, some yogurt and fruit and nuts or I'll do like if it's hot outside I'll do like a smoothie with a bunch of like um, some sort of like fat like maybe like um, flax seeds or some sort of seed and like spinach sometimes some protein powder and fruit bananas um, Mm -hmm. make it yummy Um, and then in like the colder months I'll usually do like oatmeal with some sort of like fat and fruit as well Mm -hmm. Um, just try and like I try and get it all balanced in the morning because I know that like I don't really, I'm not sure like when the next time I'll be able to eat, like sometimes it's pretty crazy. Um, but I do try and have a snack after our class. So we usually have like class ending around noon before a rehearsal day. And then I'll usually have like another piece of fruit or something, um, like maybe more carb heavy so that I, you know, have that boost of energy, Mm -hmm. um, so that I'm not, you know, tired. Oh, I also have coffee. I need to have Mm -hmm. my cup of coffee. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And then for lunch, we usually have lunch around 3, which is pretty late, but I really love having avocado toast just mm. because I feel like it's pretty simple, it tastes awesome, <laughs> um, my mom's <laughs> boyfriend is actually a sourdough bread baker, oh my um, God. the educated Probably chef amazing. is, yeah, so he makes these amazing, this amazing sourdough bread, it's like, mm. you know, so few ingredients, I know mm-hmm. where it came from, so yeah. um, I'll have that with some avocado, and like, you know, a hard boiled egg or something, and that's mm-hmm. a great lunch, or like a piece of fruit too, I love chocolate too, I'll have like chocolate anytime, yeah,
0: yeah I love that, um,
1: I definitely have a sweet tooth, so I don't restrict myself with that. I love fruit mm-hmm. and I love sugar.
0: I could definitely relate Annabelle. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um and then I'm usually really hungry by the end of the day. We I get home at around like seven thirty or eight and I'll make some dinner. I make a lot of like uh curries or dolls with like lentil or beans mm-hmm. and um or I'll make like a salad or something easy. I'm when I cook for myself, I live alone so it's pretty um basic usually and cheap and you know I find beans delicious so I mean to each their own yeah um so I usually have that and then I always have something sweet at night you know whether it's like a little bit of ice cream or you know some chocolate I don't I try not to restrict myself um, and I'm usually pretty hungry at that point.
0: It sounds like you focus on balance, which I love. Because, I mean, pretty much in everything you described, I love that you're focusing on fats also, just getting sorts of healthy fats in, whether it's your nut butters or your nuts or um, the avocado toast. Because I think a lot of dancers don't realize, they just get very scared about fat and the idea yes. of... fat that was definitely fat. me. Yeah, me too. listen, yeah. I went through that too. And I think we have to realize that fat, not only has health benefits like absorption and transport of vitamins and blah, 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 all that stuff. But it also satisfies us. It keeps you satisfied, especially during the day, you're saying you really don't know how your schedule is going to pan out. If you have rehearsals or last minute, maybe a meeting or anything like that, Um, or even just like commuting while you're in the city. So I think it's important to choose foods that actually satisfy you so that if you do end up having to go this long stretch of time, you're not running on, like, a salad without dressing type of exactly. thing where you're just so unsatisfying.
1: Yes. Oh, then you get hangry, and no one wants to see me when I'm hangry. So. Exactly. <laughs> and fat also carries flavor. I mean, it's delicious. Yes. yes. Um, yeah, it just makes things worth eating to me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely, fat was, a, a, like, a scary food for me when I was younger, when I was 14. Um, yeah, I would, like, refuse to eat nuts, but now I'm like, I love them, you know? Yeah, and, I get it. And, it's great. So yeah, I definitely try and maintain a balance. um, But I do let myself, you know, I will drink alcohol and I'll have bread and desserts when I go out. I love eating Mm -hmm. out at restaurants. That's Mm -hmm. like one of my favorite Mm -hmm. things. I think that food, my mentality is that food is social. So like when I'm just, you know, eating by myself, it's mostly just, you know, fueling Mm -hmm. my body and like getting ready for the next day, especially if I'm tired. But I do love going out and, you know, having an experience with people or cooking with friends or family and, you know learning about a new dish and the culture behind that dish. And I think that that's really, that's like the beautiful part of food too, is that how it yeah. brings people together.
0: Yeah. So such a good point. And we lose that in this country, right? In, in Europe, you see a much more um, open mind and, and just grace around, for lack of a better term, around, around food and meal times and making it an, an experience we're here, we're always on the go, we're always multitasking. So I love one thing that you just said was that, you know, that there's a time and place for different things. So it's like when you're alone, and you're in your normal schedule, you're, you know, you're choosing foods that are fueling your body, fueling your dancing. But when you are with friends, and you're socializing, that mind, you're able to separate like that mindset of where you're not like, I have to know exactly what restaurant I'm going to because I have to stop the menu beforehand and make sure right. that they only have these clean options right you're not yes. in that mind that you're actually taking it as like no this is an experience this is a social experience it's a celebration and I should be able to enjoy that
1: yes and also I think that part of that like going off of that I think that Food and satiation isn't only, you know, physical, like, okay, I'm full and I'm fueled for the next day. It's also like mental, like when you have a good time Absolutely. with food and you really enjoy your food, then you're really satisfied. You know, if you go to a restaurant and you're with friends and you're really enjoying what you're eating, I feel like then you won't, you're not craving something else or, you know, wanting to go home and eat a lot of ice cream, you know? So yeah. um, it's just kind of like not restricting yourself, I guess, allows you to really have that freedom and enjoy it, enjoy food yeah. without getting in your head about it too much
0: absolutely I, I love that concept I mean that satisfaction is, it's not just the physical and right. actually it's it's so great that you say this because I think my dietitian hat when I wear my dietitian hat I'm always educating about how dancers can make a more satisfying experience with their food by adding sources of fat and slowing down and being more mindful when they eat mm-hmm. but it's funny because it's it's On the flip side, socializing and thinking about, you know, the time that you're spending with your family and your friends is adding to that satisfying experience, like you said, um, so that you're not coming home after the meal and scavenging your kitchen because you just like there's some empty void that you didn't fill while you were eating out.
1: Exactly. Sometimes I say like, honestly, it's the end of a week. I need a drink you know, mm-hmm. I mean, not need, but I would like one. And of it's course. nice to be able to, you know, honor that and yeah. like figure out what you really want. Cause I feel like so for so many years, I, and I'm sure many other dancers think like, this is what I should eat. Like I should eat a lot of vegetables and mm-hmm. no fat and don't drink right. and, um, right. no desserts. And once you realize that you can, it's like, you know, you, your body, you start to eat more intuitively and your body knows what's good for it and you know Mm -hmm. sometimes that's vegetables and sometimes you need a dessert and I think that that's great.
0: Absolutely I think a lot of dancers get scared when they think about intuitive eating or listening to your body because they're like no I have a sweet tooth so I'm only gonna want sweets I'm only gonna eat cookies once I start I won't be able to stop and they just really lose this trust in themselves but exactly what you said if you start or if you stop labeling food as good or bad or what I should eat and what I shouldn't eat then you can actually listen to your body and you make space for that, uh, for your body to actually tell you what it, what it needs. And most often, most often than not, you're gonna realize that like, you can have the dessert when, you, when you're socializing, when you're with your friends and you want the dessert, but if you were like heading into a studio, you're probably not necessarily gonna feel great by having right. a big cupcake beforehand. So maybe save that for when you can eat it exactly. and feel good afterwards, then like jumping into a rehearsal. You know what oh, I
1: mean? Oh, I will never forget the one time we had Levain cookies in our dressing room before the Met season. Um, it was like a performance of whipped cream and we had to wear white okay. unitards. And I think I ate like five Levain cookies. I don't know what was <laughs> what came over me, but I was like, oh my gosh, cookies. Yeah. And I felt so sick during that dance. I was like, okay, never again. It took oh, me a okay. while before I could yeah. eat Levain cookies again. Yeah, and you learn but...
0: from experience, right? You, you yes. have the experience and you learn from it. So I think it's important to know that like, you will learn, your body will tell you when there's a time and a place for different things. You know, you might want more of like the hard boiled egg and the whole grain crackers before jumping into whipped cream than uh, the levain cookie.
1: Yeah, I tend to actually love, I really like eating my like main meal before a show. Um, I know a a lot of people wait to like eat dinner after. um, And I'll usually just have like something light just because I like to like, um, usually have like a little snack and then go to sleep um, before a show.
0: So like a lot of people are like,
1: whoa, you like eat a lot before a show. I'm like, well, that's what works for me. And you know, everyone is completely different. So yeah. yeah. And
0: and that's honestly like the point why I do a lot of these um, lives because I love having, I love letting dancers hear how different dancers are fueling their day because it's probably been 70% of the dancers I speak to will have their main meal after the performance. I think you're in the smaller percentage of dancers that are really having this bigger meal before going on stage. Mm -hmm. So it's really interesting that it it really is individual. It's what works for your body.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it also depends on what I'm doing, right? If I know that I'm going to be doing like, a lot of cardio, maybe I'll wait to like eat a little, you know, eat my, Mm -hmm. maybe a little bit more after. Um, Mm -hmm. but for the most part, I, I enjoy eating, you know, two, two and a half hours before the show. If I have a meal, like I'm totally fine by then. Um, so yeah, I usually do that. I like taking, um, like electrolytes or something if it's a really like hard show and if I'm sweating a lot. Um, and then the bananas, like I try and, I mean fruit is just magical so it really it helps with that you and know it's giving you
0: those quick carbs which is perfect for just like running on stage and without weighing you down too much so I think that's great
1: yeah definitely yeah. um so, so yeah and rehydrating after at night like making yeah. sure i'm drinking a lot of water that's yeah. definitely important
0: yeah and you said you usually even if you have a big meal beforehand you usually do have a small snack after oh
1: definitely i think it's also part of just like relaxing and like winding down like I want to munch on something whether you know Mm -hmm. whatever it is sometimes I do go out for like dinner after as well Um, it Mm -hmm. really just depends like how hungry I am and what my plans are but um, yeah I try and like keep a pretty flexible schedule like I try not to eat the same thing every day and I try Mm -hmm. to like kind of maybe plan my meals at different times like just Mm -hmm. trying to like be a little more flexible with myself um, yeah so that I'm not getting into like this you know strict routine
0: absolutely but I will eat something Yeah, it could be so easy for us to get very routine, very repetitive with what we eat. I struggle with that, in all honesty. I struggle with, um, once I, if I find something that I like, it's almost very difficult for me to break from it until the point where I get sick of it. (laughs) So I think it's it's, uh, a good thing that I personally have to work on uh, just being more active to switch it up sometimes and get in variety.
1: Definitely. I actually want to try, there's, I mean, there's a bunch of like co-ops right now, like Misfits mm-hmm. Market, Imperfect Produce. Yes. Um, yes. And I want to try something like that. I mean, I, because I feel like getting vegetables and fruits and whatever produce that might be different for me mm-hmm. um, is really fun and exciting because I can learn how to make new foods and then also yeah. I'm not eating the same thing yeah, every it day. Forces
0: you. It forces you to really experiment with things that you might not otherwise buy.
1: Yeah, and I've been doing that at home. I mean, being home is really great because I've been, you know, I've had time to cook and cooking with my family is great. And mm-hmm. sitting down to a meal, trying new recipes, I think that that's all, like, a really great part of coronavirus, honestly. I haven't yeah. been home and have, yeah, like, sat down to have family dinner
0: in how many years. So I it's, mean, it's that's, good. It's, it's like what you were saying before about making an experience and then using that experience as something that you can in a crazy, indirect way bringing to your artistry of dance, making you have more depth of a person, experiencing exactly. social settings, which can be very difficult, especially for younger dancers. Again, that hyper-focused uh, tunnel vision around ballet. So yes. my final question for you, Annabelle, is I'd love for you to just summarize how you would define a healthy dancer.
1: Yeah, so I think that a healthy dancer, it's, it's like mental first, really. Um, mm-hmm. You can eat as many vegetables and have, you know, the perfect, you know, balanced diet and everything. But if you're not, um, if you don't enjoy dancing and if you're, you know, saying terrible things in your head about your body and you're not trusting your body, then, you know, it's time to reevaluate and see like, you know, it's, it's not about like necessarily what you eat, which is kind of like strange because we say like it is food is fuel. And Mm -hmm. of course, like it, is so important what you eat. I think you are what you eat. And that's like, sure, you know, sure. but, um, a lot of it is mental and, you know, having stress around food only mm-hmm. kind of makes, makes it more, it makes it like a fear yes. it makes food fear. And that is like the worst thing. So I think that trusting your body and also like realizing that we do need to eat. Um, and you, it's, I don't know, for me, I tried for so many years to risk it, restrict myself and maybe eat less but then I would want this food and then I would maybe binge on foods that you know snack foods that I didn't think were good for me so I think that being healthy is just understanding what your body needs and listening to your body
0: having to balance the physical need for food because you're right our body is our instrument as a dancer we have to take care of it we have to know what we're putting into it it's the whole reason why I started like everything with my business and what i work with dancers on but at the same time dancers have a very um vulnerable uh, position towards black and white thinking and all or nothing thinking or type a perfectionist like all the words that i can just throw in that mean the same thing yes and i think it's very easy for us to get tunnel vision over perfecting the foods that we eat thinking that it's going to perfect our performance or our body and i love what you're saying in the sense that It's the mental aspect comes before because you can be so type A about what you put in your body. You can have the cleanest diet in the world, okay? I I have my own experiences with that years ago when I was restricting. And the only place that led me to was burnout because I was so consumed with negative thoughts, comparing myself, comparing my body to others. Didn't get me anywhere, right? Right. But burnout, which is not... Which is obviously not what a dancer wants. So it's like dancers have good intentions when they want to fuel their body and learn how to eat, you know, clean and and uh, fuel for performance. But if the second that gets put to the extreme, which it very easily can for a dancer, I think then the mental aspect goes out the window, and exactly what you said, you lose the passion and the love for dance, and you know it could be very detrimental.
1: Yeah, food, food is should be able to. You know, allow you to do all these amazing things, and it's also joy, and it's it's bringing people together. It fuels your body. You only have one body, so mm-hmm. you know um, you just have to learn to love it. And yeah. you know, realizing yeah. that food is just this amazing thing, and we're we should be so grateful for you know having yeah. food, and um, yeah, just just being yeah, mostly just being grateful for what we have, and not. Yeah um, worrying so much about body image, I'd say that's like my biggest, yeah. my biggest and advice.
0: you advice. Know, um, another piece of advice, I don't even know if you've even realized that you gave it, but it is really good advice is to take the opportunity right now during COVID to start experimenting with having an experience around food, start experiment, experimenting with recipes and cooking. And if you feel that you have this fear around food, you can start to turn it into uh, more of a love and something that you can appreciate and actually
1: find gratitude for. Yeah like set little challenges for yourself like I love mm-hmm. like trying new foods but I know it can be so scary you know maybe trying a food that you're uncomfortable with or you know if you right. have a very set routine so just try something new every day and you'll realize that oh like I'm okay like I'm still yeah. here like nothing changed exactly. and that was exactly. delicious and I want to try more and then you know you just kind of like increase your repertoire and yeah. you know,
0: yeah Annabelle, thank you so much. You gave such beautiful and wonderful insight. I cannot thank you enough.
1: Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: You're welcome. And I will speak to you soon, okay?
1: Yes. Sounds great. Bye, Bye, Rachel. Bye.